Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is a safe place. A place where we can feel free sharing our feelings. Think of my office as a nest and a tree of trust and understanding. We can say anything. Anything. This is Dirt and Sprague. Deep down, I'm, I'm feeling a little confused. I mean, suddenly you get married and you're supposed to be this entirely different guy. I don't, I don't, I don't feel different. With Andy Dirt Johnson. I have to look over at a certain point during the meal and see a, a waitress taking an order. And, uh, and I find myself wondering uh, what color her underpants might be. Her panties. And Brendan Sprague. Odds are they're probably basic white cotton underpants but I, I started to think maybe they're silk panties maybe maybe it's maybe it's a thong maybe it's something really cool that i don't even know about you know dirt and spray gone 1080 what what i thought we were in the trust tree with in the nest are we not the fan all right welcome back in hour number two dirt and sprague here coffee's gone i need another one Sad and tired, Swigart. Sad and tired. We've got the, the Keurigs working there in the back room. I, I, hot coffee can't, it doesn't do it for me. I need cold iced coffee. We need an iced coffee maker in this uh-huh. in this building. I don't know. Do you need me to run across? I think uh, <laughs> I think our friends across the street are open now. I can get I've, you one. I've done that a couple times, actually, in desperation. I might do it during one of our commercial breaks. i got to see if they got on. Do they, I suppose you could order online and pick it up. I've called him. I've called oh, in okay. an order before. I'm like, hey, I'll be there in five minutes. Right. I'm across the street. Uh, we have a lot to get to in the second hour of the radio program. Uh, a lot to get to. Play calling Shanahan 0-2. I want to start, though. I want to be very fair, and I want to be very honest uh, as hard as it is because my team lost the Super Bowl again. Three losses now since 2012. <clears throat> Not easy. And uh, the Chiefs' greatness is really on full display uh, yesterday in this one. Goes to overtime, a little bit of a low-scoring affair. And uh, the Chiefs win. And I don't, I don't know how many people are aware of this. Maybe a lot of you are because, well, I mean, look, football is kind of our religion in the country. I'm sure we'll get the numbers and it'll say 125 million people watch this game now with the Oh, Sushi it should Bomb. be the most all-time? Easily. I don't know, know ratings-wise, but in terms of number of viewers, yeah, it has to be. When Between you add Taylor Swift, Swift yes. and an overtime game yes. and the 49ers, come on. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, you got two blue bloods here. You got the Swifty thing, the greatness, the are they going to finally break through thing. It was a great storyline Super Bowl, even though a lot of people hated the matchup uh, because we wanted Lions-Ravens. It still ended up being a great game. It goes down to overtime. And I don't know if, if people are aware of this. I was aware of it, and I, I think I forgot to mention it on Friday's show. 
but I wanted to make sure to bring back Monday in case they won, and they did. Did you know, Swigard? that's the hardest Super Bowl title ever won by a team in NFL history? Did you know that? Uh, in terms of the the route they had to take, and, and, they beat two number one seeds, both number, number one, one seeds. seeds. That hasn't Buffalo at Buffalo, and they went on the road twice. According to DVOA, which you know, I know there's so many analytics out there, and some of you roll your eyes at it, and that's fine. DVOA is a heavily used metric created by Aaron Schatz years ago uh, on outsider on Football Outsiders. According to DVOA, the Chiefs had to take down the hardest DVOA teams ever in a journey to the Super Bowl. Also, on the opposite side of that, San Francisco by losing. San Francisco has two in the two Shanahan losses, two of the top three best teams to not win the Super Bowl in measure DVOA. Can you guess the the number one team? Ooh, the number one team. The best team to ever not win a Super Bowl. Ooh. Once you get it, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, of course. Trying to remember what was a – it had – so Buffalo has two of them? No, San Francisco does. Oh, San It's got to be one of the Buffalo teams. No, it's the Patriots 07 team. Oh, that the Giants. That the Giants yeah, beat right. the undefeated, undefeated Patriots. It's there the greatest go. team to never win the Super Bowl. Uh, last night's Niner team is second. Wow. And 2019's Niner team was third. Those are the three best teams to not win the Super Bowl. And two of those taken out by Patrick Mahomes, which I, I'm not doing goat stuff today. I don't want to entertain that. I think that stuff no. needs to let it play out. But he's he's... I, I don't even think we'd ever have a conversation about another team like the Patriots, another quarterback like Brady. Mahomes does it in a completely different manner, but he's got three and five years and he's 28 years old. Three and six. This was six. Oh, that's right. This was year six. But what's funny is you go through it in year one, uh, D4 doesn't line up offsides. They beat the Patriots, so there maybe is another one. And then the Tampa Super Bowl, his offensive line's banged to hell. He has no time to pass. There's an like, injury luck against yeah. him. There's another one. This dude might have five if just a couple little things go his way, which is insane and speaks to the greatness. But that's kind of the point, is last night it's it's a slugfest. It's lower scoring. It's a little ugly. It's, you know, nerves and turnovers and punting mistake and it goes to overtime, and that guy and that team wins it, and they have the single hardest journey to win a Super Bowl in, in football history. It's like it's just it's not that it elevates the resume; it just it's it's another thing to add to the resume. If he put this season, he would say at one point lost five of six games, got drubbed at home on Christmas Day by Raiders, and then nobody thought we could do it. Yeah, go they on. lost the opener to the Lions. At Lose, home. Yeah, they're hey, this team, look at all the metrics. Their offense is down. And they win the Super Bowl. It just it's it's insane. And look, the Niner fans today are certainly sad. I'm one of them. But they're not the only fan base swag. I said this to you, you came in finally. You you had the you had the the stones, and I commend you for this, because I didn't talk to you when I got in. I came in here, I just sat down, I'm sorting stuff out. I'm like, he's probably not going to talk to me till the show starts. And you came in and you asked. And, like, I'm not just sad my team lost. I'm sad because, like, how does the NFL, you're a Charger fan. Yes. We got other Charger fans out there. We got Raider fans out there, Steelers fans, Packers fans. Yeah. How do you not watch this in their, quote, down year and go, awesome. Their defense was all draft picks. 
Seven of their 11 were drafted within the last couple seasons. That's how special their defensive draft picks have been. Then they still have Kelsey, who, by the way, says he's coming back because he wants to three-peat. Mahomes absolutely wins the Super Bowl and immediately goes, you know, this ain't it for us, man. I'm just like, you just won, and that's your first thing to say. Reed's coming back. They're running it back. Oh, yeah. They're probably going to add some playmakers in the draft. We got uh, we got Mr. State Farm, if you want to hear that. Oh, Patrick Mahomes? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. I mean, this is the start of one. Uh, I mean, we, we got Coach Reed. We got Trav. We got a great defense. We got a lot of young players. Um, and everybody says three is a dynasty. We got three, and we're not going to stop there. We're going to keep rolling. Yeah, and oh, by the way, one of the greatest defensive minds to ever exist, Spags, has now four Super Bowl titles as a coordinator, the most by any coordinator in football history. Like, he stopped the 07 Brady Patriots, he stopped the 2011-2012 Patriots, he stopped the 2019 Niners, and he slowed it down. I wrote this down because I thought Spags was, God, he was so awesome. Their points per game against their opponents, they face the number two ranked offense, the number three ranked offense, the number four ranked offense, the number six ranked offense. That was their matchups in the playoffs. Combine those teams averaged 28 points per game. Chiefs and Spagnola, they they gave up just 15.8. They dropped it 12 and a half points from their per game average. Like, so they have one of the greatest D coordinators, one of the greatest head coaches and offensive minds, one of the greatest quarterbacks, one of the greatest tight ends. One of the greatest defensive linemen. One of the greatest defensive tackles, and then they drafted a bunch of studs around them in the last couple of years at linebacker and in the secondary, and in their down year for offensive line, I don't believe they were called for a holding penalty. I'll have to go back and check that. I think so. There were a couple plays there. And they were missing maybe their best offensive lineman. They were missing, yeah, they were missing their guard in Tooney. Creed Humphrey was snapping every ball. The most underrated thing Mahomes did all game was catch the snap because it seemed like it was at his ankle every other play. And they won! So yesterday's not just a sad day for Niner fan. I don't know how you're a fan of any other team. And you're going, cool. That's the standard. They won with the cap hit. Everybody's always, you can't pay a quarterback. Now, I know he's different, but they, yeah. that narrative's dead. It's just like that dumb narrative. You can't win That's with a top 10 receiver. the most uh, applicable comparison you can make between Mahomes and Brady is the way he structured his contract, how long it is, what he's getting guaranteed, but it allows them to consistently restructure it when they need to create some salary cap space. Absolutely. And he's agreeable to it because he understands, okay, I'm getting paid, but I got 87 endorsement deals raking in millions so if I defer it or restructure it, oh yeah, so we can stay competitive, let's let's do it. I you're a Charger fan. This is a team now that's in your division, and I know yes. you have Harbaugh, and you're you got good. Harbaugh. I think more focused right now on okay, can Harbaugh just come in and start to establish and not do the stupid dumb things that we saw Staley and have no sense of. I mean, every coach in the Charger history, basically. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, except for Schottenheimer. Schottenheimer just couldn't get it done in the playoffs. Yeah, Regular he was season, good. They yeah. were outstanding. But yeah. Schottenheimer couldn't 14-2 and two and then... I will not stand for the Kyle out. Shanahan as Marty Schottenheimer slander today. Like, of all the things you want to criticize, I will not stand for that. Like, this dude's at least getting to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Schottenheimer, Schottenheimer would... Yeah, it would be in the divisional, divisional round. Divisional round every time, no matter yeah. what. I'm not even asking for your team-building thoughts. I just... How are you a fan of a non-chief team and your takeaway today isn't like... Holy hell, we need something injury wise to happen to this team for this to be different. Well, I think because the Chargers need to get themselves to be 
in position to take that on. They're not yet. So let's see if Harbaugh— Do you feel confident that you will be? That you'll Uh, outdo this franchise? I feel confident that Harbaugh is the kind of coach that can develop team consistency to the level that when they get to that point, Mm -hmm. they'll be ready to compete with them. I I hope that you're right. I also watched that same coach— Years ago in a Super Bowl at the 10, refused to run the football one time with the number one rushing offense in football and instead instead decide to throw fade routes to Michael Crabtree 10 yards out into the end zone. Like three straight plays. Well, let's get there first. Yeah, I I, no, but you're not playing the game. My game is, is there a single fan base that feels great today? No. This was their down year and they just won the toughest Super Bowl ever. That's the point. Only myopic ones. Only cowboy fan bases. And okay, I'm a Niner fan. I think they'll be really good next year. I'm yeah. if they face off to the Chiefs again next year. You know what? I won't be <laughs> nervously confident. I'll just yeah. be nervously just nervous. Ner- yep. That's what I'll be. Sad and nervous. That will be my emotions going into the game. I. It's it's a wild feeling, but having somebody this great with a franchise that's doing seemingly the right things around him. It's terrifying for the rest of the National Football League. And so it's just not Niner fan yesterday. It was because they lost. Every other fan base should be going, damn it. He's 28. His coach is coming back. His tight end's coming back. His offensive line will probably be better. He'll probably get a skill guy in the draft that's going to be amazing as a rookie. Oh, yeah, Rasheed Rice is going to have experience. They've got Watson behind Kelsey. Noah Gray behind Kelsey. Oh, yeah, their defense was stout, and they're all pretty young. They'll figure out the Chris Jones thing, I'm sure. But their secondary and their linebackers are great. Like, it's it's just hard to wake and up today and not see a rain like to see a rainbow if you're another team. They've been able to handle. Chiefs. Well, they've been able to handle success. Yeah, they're not complacent. They do it differently than Belichick and the Patriots did it, and that just grinded on guys. They let their personality show. But while, Andy Reid accomplishing. Andy Reid finds the balance of okay, be yourself, have some fun. I'm going to have some cheeseburgers. You guys do what you need to do. <laughs> and when it's time to go again, we know what we need to do yeah. when it's time to buckle down and get this thing cranked up again. If you feel confident at all about your team, that's if you're not a Chiefs fan, you let me know at the Vancouver Ford text line. I refuse to believe any of you are real. There's no chance. You You look at this last night and you go, damn it, man. If something doesn't happen, this team might win every year or every other year. And you just hope, you just hope, that they have one of those Cincinnati Bengals second-half games where somehow they don't score and they look broken for whatever reason and they don't get to the Super Bowl. Other than that, good luck to the rest of the NFL because last night the Chiefs said we're here and we're going nowhere. We want more, and that is a terrifying feeling. Uh, Back with some of the audio from the Super Bowl next on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You know, football can be a dumb sport. And that touchdown was great by Juwan Jennings. It was like a weird, he caught it and he thought Sneed was going to pull him down. He didn't. And he was almost like surprised he didn't. And he just like kind of trotted and kept the ball up and got in the end zone, had a, a catch, uh, caught touchdown and passed for a touchdown. Uh... But football can be dumb sometimes, and I'm not kidding when I tell you I'm watching this at that moment on the couch with my wife, who again his face, her face is in the sweatshirt, like all you see are her eyes because she can't handle the anxiety I'm giving off, and I don't know what it was, but I went, oh no, the extra point here would push this to four, and I don't know why I'm suddenly nervous, but I just, it was like my spidey senses went up on my neck and my hairs were standing. And I didn't want to look away because I had looked and he had made it. So I, I'm into the jinxing stuff at this point, but I'm, I'm like looking and I see it get blocked and I go, why did I know that was going to happen? And I know people are highlighting that. They also didn't lose because of that. I know like, oh, they made it. If you don't think Patrick Mahomes was going to get a touchdown when you needed a touchdown, I don't know what to tell you anymore. <laughs> Whether it was 4-3, he was either going to tie that game or win the game. It didn't matter to me, but it was just very bad timing for it to happen. Uh, let's get to some of the audio. Uh, this was a pretty crucial play and one that, I don't know, in real time I missed it. I just thought Ray... Uh, uh, Ray, Ray McDonald. McDonald, thank you, uh, was going to just pick it up and try to surprise the Chiefs special teams I admit that it hit the foot. Here was the uh, Romo Nance call. There have been 530 punts in the history of the Super Bowl, and there's never been one return for a touchdown. Put some odds on that. It's a fumble, and it's a recovery by Kansas City. Now there's a moment that you go, hmm. Not that they win, but what happens if that doesn't happen? Because Kansas City had six points at this point. They were looking inept offensively. They needed something like that to happen. And there you go. They scored a touchdown. One on the play. Next play. 16 yards. Touchdown. Chiefs are ahead. Yeah. What the hell happened? Your boy here? Marquez Valdez Scantling. I bet you there's audio you could find Friday where I'm like, is Valdez Scantling going to beat him? <laughs> is Nicole Hardman going to beat him? And like both of them beat him. Two touchdowns. I I thought about looking for some audio. I was like, nope. I, I wouldn't have been mad at that. I can't do that. It would have been fair, actually. Uh, it would have been devastating to hear back, but it would have been very fair. Uh, so that happened. You had a muff punt that leads to the uh, the Chiefs getting the touchdown and taking the lead. Here is uh, Mitch Holtis, legendary play-by-play guy, Chiefs radio, on uh, the game-winning McCole Hardman. Patrick Mahomes hit him in the, hit, hit him in the end zone wide open, and they get the walk-off in overtime. 
McKinnon is in at running back. First down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown! Kansas City! McCole Hardman! McCole Hardman with the catch on the right side! A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime! Kansas City wins the game! 25-22! And the Chiefs' kingdom has started its own history class! Because for the first time in 6,944 days, there is a back-to-back Super Bowl champion. And it is the Kansas City Chiefs, champions of Super Bowl 58 on the heels of Super Bowl 57. The Chiefs do it in overtime. Mitch Holtis, longtime radio play-by-play guy for the Chiefs. Good for him. He got a Patrick Mahomes in his life, and now he's calling Super Bowl games every year. Exactly. <laughs> That's how quickly it could happen for you, Swigard. You're a Portland Pilot guy now, and then money comes in, and here come the Pilots dominating the WCC. Yeah, we need our, our – where's our Uncle Phil? We need an Uncle Phil. You do need an Uncle Phil. Just pray for him. Uh, Catholic okay. school, you guys might get it. Yeah. Uh, plus, Oregon State's coming to your conference, and that, pas- that basketball program is so – Damn awful! That a little more concerned another... about the Kooks. Could be a tough trip to the Inland Empire if you got to play Gonzaga and Washington State in the same week. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's brutal. Here was uh, Travis Kelsey, of course, on the podium, handed the trophy. Cheese <laughs> Kingdom! Y'all hear this? We've been fighting for all right all day. How about a little Viva Las Vegas? Viva! Hey, Elvis never had it better than that right there. Let me tell you. I don't know what movie it's from, and I'm seeing the person, but I cannot remember. But there's a there's a scene in either a TV or a movie where somebody sees him and goes, I hate that guy. <laughs> it's kind of me with him. Like I, I admire the greatness, and geez, is he hard to stop. But sometimes I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah, it might be might oh. be the summer of Kelsey. Well, he had he looked like a little baby in the first half. Oh, give me the ball, give me the football. And he came up and he bumps Andy Reid, demanding the football. No, he wanted to begin to throw the block. Well, whatever it was, like, what are you doing? You're blindsiding your 64-year-old coach <laughs> who has no spatial awareness to his left and right. And you're almost knocking in his down. call sheet. Andy Reid was asked about this after the game. Here's what he had to say. <laughs> yeah, he caught me off balance. I wasn't watching. He, cheap shot, but that's all right. He did good. He was really coming over just go, just put me in, I'll score, I'll score, you know, so that's really what it was. Well, I love that. I mean, it's not the first time, so I listen, I appreciate him. I knew it wasn't as big a deal as the world was making it, but it would be a massive deal today had they not won the game. Oh, yes. Kelsey comes unglued. Chiefs, is this the end? Like, that would have been some of what the national media storyline would have been because he bumped his coach a little bit in anger. But they're the best team. They're the best team. Nobody can say otherwise. Uh, They've proved it time and time again, and they're going nowhere. Here was Brock Purdy. Uh, He took a lot of blame in the postgame, talking about just not not scoring a touchdown when his team needed it. When you have a good offense like the Chiefs do and and what Mahomes can do, um, you know, for us it's it's like, all right, we have to, you know, score touchdowns. And um, we had opportunities to do so, I think shot ourselves in the foot with, you know, just penalties and the operations and, and stuff. So 
um, I got to be better um, in terms of you know leading the guys and, and just you know I think how I handle things in the huddle and telling them telling them you know what to expect stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think we have the team, the offense to, to score touchdowns, and I think I failed to put our team in position to do that. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Listeners saying Jurassic Park when it's Jeff Goldblum's taunting uh, the old guy into the camera. And because they're not seeing any dinosaurs, he goes, I really hate that, man. That's how I felt yesterday watching Travis Kelsey scream Viva Las Vegas on the podium, holding the Lombardi trophy after having one catch for one yard in the first half. He gets the last laugh. Uh, we'll have a little bit more on this. We'll talk about Shanahan. A lot of we have one listener saying, no, 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 it's the play calling. It's the play calling. I, I'll get to that. I want to talk about that as well. Uh, I'll take a pause for some non-Super Bowl stuff at 745. And then we'll dive back into it. The Chiefs get the Super Bowl win. Dirt and Sprague back with more. We'll get into the halftime show. Usher, baby. Usher. Interesting start to the show, but a great finish for sure. We'll talk about that. Yeah. That was a show directed at exactly my generation. They didn't try to capture you. No. They weren't trying to capture the young 20-something and teens. I don't think so. They came right after my age demographic. It got better as it went on. The millennials. It's like one of the only great things we've been given in our lives post-high school after everybody lied to us our whole not lives. Not in the all-time pantheon, but certainly really? not, not bad. Do you have an all-time pantheon? Uh, there's Really, there's, eh, there's three or four that stick out to me all-time. I, nobody will ever top what you two did after the 9-11 one. It was an impossible thing, and they pulled it off. So mm. maybe musically, not the best one. Prince in the Rain, for me, all-timer. That was what, 07? 07, 08, somewhere yeah. around there. Um, I loved uh, I loved the uh, the rap one they did a couple years ago. I thought that was fantastic. Dr. Dre and stuff Dr. in LA. Dr. Dre, that yeah. was awesome. That was good. Do you know that one was better than the Usher one? Uh, yes. Okay. I would take that over Usher. I didn't know I was going to have a Swigard halftime show Pantheon list here. Um, and I thought Lady Gaga's was one of the best all time. The, the, the jumping yeah. out into the I stadium. That was great. That was a great one because it also led to the comeback. Yep. 28-3. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could just get to it here. I'll, I'll get to some of the other football dealings and whatnot. But uh, I thought it was good. His He had mic problems at the I beginning. I couldn't understand him early on. He was doing his montage, more of his slower stuff, and they all the dancing across the field to the stage. I thought there was it was overproduced a little bit. He tried to maybe shove more than he needed to into that. So the only thing on that I would say, because I, I don't think you're wrong, if, you, if you're not a, like a true diehard of Usher, and that's yeah. okay if you're not, most of us, again, my demographic, the millennials, he could have not had his mic working at all, but if I heard the music, I knew what he was singing. And that that's the tough part with having an usher is there's just certain people that ha- don't know the catalog as well. Yeah. He also has such a big catalog that he was trying to, I think, get as many of those hits in as he possibly could. The other part, too, the beginning, it felt like they were really trying to sell you or tell you we're in Vegas. Because he was dancing onto the field, going yeah. towards midfield. And along the way, you see these flips and these circus performers and people on stilts. I thought it was more like, this is Vegas, baby. Yeah. And then eventually he gets to a stage and you know comes out in roller skates and a futuristic you know glittery jacket. And then little John comes out. And I thought her was great on the guitar. Yeah, that was awesome. Once Alicia Keys started coming in and the, the collaboration started, then, then I... 
I was like, okay, no, this is good. No. Alicia looked great. She looked fantastic. Her voice cracked a little bit. I was wondering if she was kind of sick. She had a little bit of a cold, but like also those people practice that show so much. Yeah. And I, I can't I can't imagine. And then Lil John the Lil John was great. Lil John was probably my favorite thing. That he, was awesome. He came out, he looked good. He's ludicrous. Yeah, yeah. He still yeah. had the yeah going. Luda came out in shoulder pads in like a Ben Stiller dodgeball <laughs> outfit and wrapped his part of yeah. It was a weird ending too. I didn't know it was over. I don't I don't think anybody knew it was over. Yeah. Because it didn't like conclude with a song and just freeze frame. No. It. He the kept roller talking. skates was great. Yeah. That whole routine was awesome. Yep. So overall I give it a solid B. A good B yeah, performance. Like I said, not the worst, not 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 my all time favorite. I think I'm with you. I think I lean a little more Dre halftime performance in the group of people that yeah. he brought out. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. That I probably was have it there alley. with what Katy Perry did. Music was better with Usher. I thought Katy Perry with that weird Didn't horse she ride thing. Like a, yeah, she rode a, that electric horse or whatever. Yeah. I thought the production, I think, was a little cooler. <laughs> I forgot what that was. Yeah, I think it was Yeah, it was some big thing that she was coming in, yeah. right? She was on top of it. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was you know, all those songs for me are jams that I still uh, listen to. My biggest surprise okay. was uh, Post Malone. Uh, America the Beautiful. Did you not? What, what was surprising about? It? Like you didn't know what he was. I didn't know what to expect. No, I, I, I know who Post Malone is. Don't listen to a lot of his music. What did and you I was think? very curious. I actually really enjoyed it. I did too. I I really liked how he went about that. Yeah, I thought. Um, I uh, knew Lift Every Voice was going to blow the roof off the yeah, place. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And then how about this? The su- the surprise. Speaking of music. The over-under was 90 seconds. I thought that was a little light for Reba. There was a little... She hit... I think somebody calculated she... Was it right at 90? It was... No. Well, she hit the over. Yeah. But I think what people calculate is when she said the first Brave, it was like 28 seconds out. She she Yeah, there was a real big finish, though. Yeah. Yeah, she went real big finish, and that's what pulled it on the over. Otherwise, she was pacing, like, really quickly. In fact, when we started, I... I told the wife the number and I hit the stop clock and I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh my God, she's going to get done with this in a minute 10. And she, you know, she of course went Reba and she stretched it out a little bit at the end there and she just hit the over on it. So the over hit, I thought, you know, I thought musically everything was great. I thought all the artists did a really good job and halftime was fantastic. I just want to enjoy halftime. I I don't want to sit there and go, eh. And I didn't feel like that. I, I liked it. Now, Usher... And that style of music's not everybody's cup of tea, but I would say largely for the first time that felt like one for the millennials. I, I thought about it. Uh, I saw Usher before he was Usher. He opened for Janet Jackson one year in Portland. Oh, when he was still like a when younger. When he was like 18 years yeah, old. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't get him. I I thought it was bad. I'm really? Like, yeah. Even like, with the performance, because he probably danced. Well, he only—I mean, he was only out there for like a half hour or something. Yeah, but yeah, I was like, I, I didn't get him at the time. You know what? Uh, I have an artist like that too. I went to a—it uh, uh, was uh, Kanye's concert, the Glow in the Dark tour, when it was in Portland years and years ago, oh seven, oh six, or something. I went to that, and one of the first performers—it was Lupe Fiasco, Nerd, and then Rihanna came out. And this was like Rihanna had a couple joints, but she wasn't quite Rihanna yet. Yeah. She just stood there and sang, and like her voice was beautiful, but she didn't really do much. And I remember thinking when she was like, eh, meh. 
And then, you know, she blew up like three, four, five years later and became what she is now. But in the moment, I was kind of like, eh, you know, eh, okay. Not not necessarily my favorite, but uh, I guess I've seen worse maybe. But, yeah, I thought it was a great halftime show. I thought Usher did his thing. And, yeah, I have no big uh, negatives other than the mic not working at the beginning. Yeah, it was just it was hard to understand him, especially when you're doing ballads. You need to hear the lyrics. Well, his voice seemed shot, too. Yeah. I saw a CBS I don't thing. know how much they rehearsed that the week of. Well, you know he has a residency there, right? I'm a, yeah. He's got he's had a res- residency there for, I think, over a year now. I think he's got a three- or four-year deal, but he performs a ton. And the thing about singers, they need rest. He did a thing with Nate Burleson trying to figure out the catalog, like how do you decide what songs to sing. And in the interview... It, it didn't sound like he would wanted to talk. He's like, yeah, you know, I just, I'll try my hardest. And like, <laughs> oh, you're preserving the voice there. You could hear it a little bit in the performance, but I think overall, uh, Usher delivered at halftime. That's my takeaway. Solid B. A, a, a good halftime show with really good features in it. That's what I like, and that's what I wanted. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, 0-2 in the Super Bowl, but we'll pause. We'll get back into it at 8. These two little nuggets happened over the weekend in college football, and I want to talk about that next on 1080 The Fan. It's crunch time. Let's go! Where dirt and spray crunch the hot topics you want to hear. What's the pressure? Don't sit here and act like there's no... We get nervous teeing off in front of a gallery on the 10th hole at Eastmoreland. Crunch time. Brought to you by Crunch Fitness. With memberships as low as $9.99 per month. Find your crunch time in Portland, Vancouver, and online at crunch.com. All right, we'll pause on the Super Bowl. We'll get back into it at 8 Kyle Shanahan, 0-2 in that game as a head coach. We'll talk about some of the play calling and decision-making in it. A game as uh, close and contested as that that goes to overtime. There's certainly things that many will second-guess. We'll dive back into that. The Chiefs' greatness was on full display as well. I want to pause because two things happened over the weekend that involved college football. The first was, I believe I saw Ryan Grubb at one point basically say, I'm ready to go, Alabama. We're going to do this. It seemed to be reported as done deal. That he was going to stay with DeBoer. Yeah. That he had interviewed with the Hawks, but like they... Well, he had interviewed to replace him as the head coach at Washington, and they They went a different direction. And so then he said, I guess I'll go to Bama. And And then then, John Schneider called. And then the Seahawks called, (laughs) and a random Seahawk Husky fan went to a random bar and sees Ryan Grupp, Mike McDonald and John Schneider sitting at a table breaking bread, and that person sends out a photo and says, oh, my God, I think they're hiring him. And then it goes into – he gets a bunch of retweets, takes a selfie with Mike McDonald, who's smiling with him, and then John Schneider catches wind that it's just trending on social that he may have broken the news <laughs> that Ryan Grubb was going to leave DeBoer and like, Bama. We haven't signed a contract yet. And the guy said that Schneider basically reamed him, just chewed him out, and so he deleted it for John Schneider. That guy Schneider. better have some sweet seats next season. I mean, if you're going to yell at me for <laughs> snapping a photo and then being mad about that, yeah, give me one game with some sweet <laughs> access, please, and I'll do it. But Ryan Grubb, he's not going to go to Bama. He's leaving Kalen DeBoer. I'm sure Husky fan and, you know, every non-Bama fan got a good laugh at that of DeBoer just losing another piece on his coaching staff and within his program. And now Ryan Grubb, not Chip Kelly, is going to be the OC of the Seattle Seahawks. What do you make of that decision by Seattle? Ah, we'll see. I All right. That's I, fantastic. I, I, <laughs> 
It's all spinning. I was. Do you mo- like his offense though? Is it an offense that you watch and you say you think that can work pretty well? Yeah. In the NFL? And now the curious part. Now the whole speculation is the Seahawks are going to finagle the draft to get Penix so he can have Penix and continue on. I'm I not don't, always convinced of that. I don't stuff. know if I buy that. Harbaugh also said J.J. McCarthy should be the number one player taken in this draft. I think yeah. sometimes they have their guys, but it doesn't mean that's going to yeah. be their guy. So, but I think he certainly could help Geno. I think things would be will be look better if Geno's you know ends up being the guy next year again. I mean, if you think Penix can be a guy, it's not. I don't know about their pick in the first round pick. It, so it appears to me that the only reason Penix isn't being projected into the first round is just concern about his, his injury injuries. history. It's yeah. not anything yeah. about his ability to run an offense. It's about his ability to suit up for seventeen weeks. But if you think you can. You know, get him early in a second round because you want to use your first on yeah. something else. Like, let him sit for a year or two like behind Geno. Defensive lineman. <laughs> I mean, they need any pass rushing they yeah. can get. If Nawosu's not out there, they're, oh my God, are they bad. Yeah. And then Chip said, see you as well. Yeah. And this was another story that was like kind of looming out there on Friday as we were doing the show. Well, and there was more and more smoke he was interviewing, and you're like, uh, at what point does UCLA just say go? I don't say this uh, flippantly, but like, at what point does UCLA say we're not doing football anymore? They need to lean in. Yeah, if, that that program is in real trouble, man. Like they they're they're going to lose. They've already lost most of their talent. They're, they're in got danger poached. of becoming Purdue. I I would argue they already. What? Why are they not? What did Chip do to make them not? Aren't they like an eight win team? Isn't that Purdue mm-hmm. to a T? Yeah, but at least UCLA and the Pac-12 had some sort of, they're they're going to get lost in the big t- they're going to be way off the radar even more than they were. Brother man, they were lost in the Pac-12. I, yeah, I think they're definitely going to get lost in the Big 10. I don't know what they're going to do. And I don't know if this is a college football problem or you're just specifically going to say, "Nah, UCLA, but a head coach of a Big 10 program in Los Angeles." They've had Oh, wait, no, it was an ACC program in BC that just had to go through this. Yeah, but a, a head coach of a right. Big Ten program based in Los Angeles, California, yeah. just said, I'd I'm rather out. just coach offense right. of a team within the conference than be the head coach of an L.A. school. Yeah. I don't know if that's a college football program because or problem because we've seen coaches bolt a lot here or if this is just UCLA-specific, but that is a wild no, turn of events. I think this is... A guy that he didn't prefer the recruiting aspect beforehand, and now with the total mass chaos of NIL and the transfer portal, he's like, ah, just stick me in a room with video and a couple of quarterbacks, and let's just break down film and come yeah, up with that, plays. If you think that guy's going to Ohio State and doing any recruiting, you're crazy. He, no. he, he, in his deal, it probably says does not have to talk to us. I think they kid. will bring it like on official visits, like if it's a quarterback or, or something, they'll, they'll meet with them just to get an idea of X's and O's, but he ain't. Uh, based on what I've heard um, a couple different times about Kelly's time at Oregon, as humming along as that was, as good as it was, I've heard stories about him where basically like, hey, how you doing? Great. Yeah. Have a good day. And that's as the head coach. I can only imagine as the OC, it's like a shake of the hand and hope you're ready to run. I hope you're ready to run. All right. Good luck. <laughs> and then he'll just go back to his office and shut the door and put on the do not disturb sign. That is a crazy thing to see. A head coach of his team in L.A. choose to go be the offensive coordinator for another team within his own conference. You just don't see that very often. Now, there often. was a longtime personal connection with Ryan Day, so it wasn't just 
any old, and it wasn't you know, uh, any dis- old program. I disagree with you. It was Ohio State. What job did he not interview for? His name was in every interview. I well, think they were he- NFL jobs. No, Swag, I think he would have taken any other college job. I think he wanted out. I think it's abundantly clear he didn't want to break the contract. Now, did he agree to that before Grubb opened up the Bama OC position? I want to say they were right there, but he's going to choose the guy that it was his quarterback at well, New Hampshire. Yeah. That's and that's no, I, I know what you're saying is true, but also I, my only pushback is I think he was looking for any job, any job that was not UCLA head coach. I think that's what Chip Kelly was after. It's I, I just didn't think I'd ever see that. Uh, but here we are now. Chip Kelly is the OC. I don't know. I'm not claiming this is true at all. And I don't also want to discredit this person because they were right on some stuff during the Pac-12 implosion. Jason Shear, our old friend at Wildcat Authority. Did you see his thing? I did not. Uh, He's saying that Jed Fish interviewed. Now, again. For UCLA? Yes. Oh. Oh, after the fact. Just recently. Oh, now, I, I'll have to go check his Twitter account if he's retracted that report, but I saw that either Friday or Saturday night that he was trying to suggest that Jetfish interviewed because if Jetfish had stayed at Arizona and this came open, he's taken UCLA oh, yeah. far and away before he's taken Washington. And Jonathan Smith was the other name. Had he not taken Michigan State, yep. I don't know if he leaves for UCLA, but UCLA's calling him for sure. He's a Pasadena native. So now you see, I don't know who UCLA is going to hire. I have no idea where they go. It's not that they can't turn it around. It's just that, like, God, that athletic department clearly is in shambles right now. That job's got to be worse than we even know. Just truly awful. Yeah. And they're going to have more limited resources going to the Big Ten than anybody else. Well, because of their their debt, their deficit. Men's basketball program, that's about it at UCLA. Not this year. Well, yeah, a little bit of a rebuilding year. Is yeah. their, their baseball team's usually okay, right? Yeah, but that's college baseball, and as yeah. much as we love it, and it's not the money maker. It's you're you're just hoping that program sustains itself. So it's NFL draft season for many, and don't worry, we will dive into the draft because I've become. I'm very wondering what in what it. season it is now for you. Still today, it's football. Now. Okay. Tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday? Later on this week. We'll revisit on Thursday. Let's do that. Let's make a note for okay. the show purposes, Swag. Yeah. You be here this week? Are you in all week? I leave after the show Wednesday. It's our last regular season road trip. Oh, so are you back Friday? Uh, no, San Diego and Pepperdine. Oh, so you're gone for the rest of the week? Yes. Let's Wednesday. Let's I, do it Wednesday. I hate you. Let's do it Wednesday. Why don't you come with me? Come on a roadie. <laughs> you know, I've got equipment. We can do the show from the hotel room. <laughs> you got a spot on that plane? Is it free? Mm, I get per diem? Uh, I don't get per diem, but I, I, I eat with the team. You talk to the Catholics on the bluff. And All right. You see if they, I mean, come on. Last night I saw the commercial. They're washing feet. We'll Jesus. go see Marcus down in San Diego. I'm okay with that. I want to do that, actually. <laughs> yes, I'm there. We'll do it Wednesday. What are we? What season is it yeah. for you Wednesday now? But we'll dive into that. There is some college football tidbits. Let's dive back in. Kyle Shanahan is 0-2. We'll dive into that and what it all means. Uh, this More Super Bowl reaction because we got more to discuss. That was Crunch Time brought to you by Crunch Fitness. Uh, memberships as low as $9.99 per month. Multiple locations. Visit them at crunch.com. Loaded final hour. Kyle Shanahan, 0-2 in the big game. Dirt and Sprague on the fan. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.